alternative nation. It's Alicia. And it's Claire. Indigenous to the kingdom of God. Followers of Jesus. Living life led by Holy Spirit. Desiring to be an altar where his fire falls. We are alternative. Oh my gosh. It's so good to see your face again, Claire. I know. We are Skyping and recording, and we have missed each other since we've had all this sickness and had to do separate podcasts these last few weeks. So we decided we needed to intro together for part two. Yes, completely. And my voice is not completely back yet, but I don't care. I just missed you. I missed all of you guys out there listening, and we're so happy to be on the radio waves together again. The podcast <laughs> airwaves, I should say. Yep, absolutely. So this is exciting, Claire. You're about to do part two of your testimony. I know. I've been waiting for this part to be released just because I felt like I left everyone hanging last week. <laughs> but I mean, I, we had a lot of really sweet comments and it seemed to encourage some people. And that just blessed my heart because I know God wants us to tell this story and he wants us to tell all of our stories that he has written for us and point to him for glory. So, but this is definitely on my heart to share it, even though it can be difficult, it's worth it. I thought it was incredible and I've heard your story before, but it did not discount any tears the second time I listened to it or the third. I've heard it a couple of times, but in that detail, that was just the the second Mm -hmm. time. And I just think there's going to be, you know, we were just talking, especially this part two, this upcoming week um, that you're going to share today. Um, I think there's going to be major fruit from this because people are going to get to hear the hard stuff and just how your faith has grown through all of this. And then someday there's going to be miraculous healing and mm-hmm. we're going to be able to look back and see this. That's right. Historical documentation of the miracles. Yes. Yes. I cannot wait to for that day. And in the meantime, we'll be patient and just keep our hope. Yes. Right. Yeah. We will not put be put to shame as we hope and wait for him. Yeah. So, you know, it was really cool. Um, One of the some of the feedback that I got from it, actually, um, which you and I talked about a little bit from last week was the hope that you have because you know Isabella's in heaven with the Lord Mm. and I had said to you man that must be hard and you were like actually that is what brings me peace oh my gosh well I love that you said that because I actually share a bit of that in part two today so that's like a perfect segue (laughs) yeah and so guys get ready for a little piece of that today and just thank you for coming back for this yes oh my gosh wait you guys it's just gonna get better and better Well, here we go. Okay, welcome back to part two of my testimony. Thank you so much for listening. And I am so glad that you're back to hear the rest of this story because God's hand continued to be all over it. And he continued to give us this incredible and strange peace um, that just surrounded us. And we felt it very strongly. Holy Spirit's power was just so evident to us through going through this experience. So here we go. Let's dive in to part two. So I left off right after we found out that Gabriella had survived and that our heart had been healed. And we left the doctor's office 
with the word that Gabby had a stroke and within a couple of weeks we would or would not notice brain damage and in his voice it was pretty much expect to see brain damage so as soon as we heard this we did not believe it we, we just went straight to God for prayer um, in prayer we prayed that he would completely heal her and protect her from brain damage we gathered all kinds of people together with us to pray over Gabby for a complete healing that this stroke did not affect her in any sort of way and we just were believing in our heart knowing that God had heard our prayers because he always hears our prayers you guys he always hears our prayers and we were hoping he would respond in the way that we were asking so I believe it was four to six weeks after the stroke and the loss of Isabella that we went back to the doctor's office and we were just waiting. We were actually back at the maternal fetal office. So that's still the high risk doctor. We remained um, in their care just because we were now a singleton pregnancy, but I was still carrying Isabella because they were in two separate sacks within a sack. So I couldn't deliver Isabella. And I was actually told that I would carry her for the remainder of the pregnancy and that I would most likely go full term if everything went smoothly. So, of course, we were praying for a full term pregnancy so that Gabby could continue to develop. She was developing perfectly prior to the stroke. And so we just wanted her to stay in as long as we could. Um, so I actually carried Isabella the remainder of the pregnancy, and I'll have a little story about that in a minute. So we were back in the maternal fetal office, and when we went in there, we of course were feeling the nerves. We did not want to get bad news, but we went in there confident that we had been praying, and we were expecting good news. However, we were not given good news. They clearly saw on the ultrasound brain damage. And when that happened, Matt and I's heart just fell to the floor and burst open bleeding. We just, oh, you guys, when you pray to the Lord with full expectancy and he doesn't return what you said in the way that you said it, um, return what you asked for, um, maybe I said that correctly. Maybe we were demanding something that he didn't want us to have, right? It's just heart-wrenching, and to know that your perfectly developing baby now suffered so much trauma that she was broken in their terms, you know? They didn't say it like that, but the looks on their face were ones of despair, and of course, after they told us she had brain damage, they went ahead and started to tell us worst-case scenarios. And they also let us know that it might change and get worse as the weeks progress. We might start noticing it more and more. And so we left the office just so upset and just with little hope in the natural of what could be for Gabby. But of course, um, when we got in the car, Matt and I just prayed while crying. Of course, there's a lot of crying and just asked God to give us a peace and a hope. And I know this sounds repetitive, y'all, but he washed over us again and just helped us to know that he was going to be with us. And so they told us to come back in a week. We were set at every week appointments at that point. And when we drove back the next week, it was the, the same. I'm so sorry. It's, it, it looks like it's getting a little worse. And then we'd come back the next week. I'm so very sorry. It's looking like it's getting worse. And we come back the next week. I'm so sorry. It, it doesn't look good at all. And actually now she has something called microcephaly, which is basically just a smaller than usual head size. And... 
if you look up microcephaly, there are some things that you might see that are a little scary if you Google micro microcephaly. And I think all of these children are beautiful, you guys. I do not mean that in any sort of disrespect at all. But if you're not used to what a child that is microcephalic looks like, you have to take a minute and then you'll see their beauty. But when you have... Um, this is this just sounds terribly, so please do not pass judgment, you guys. Please do not give me some grace. I'm just being vulnerable and real with you. It was scary. And um, we had to just process that and just trust the Lord that he would keep Gabby safe. You know, if Gabby was going to grow up looking differently, there's all kinds of fears as a parent as to how she might be treated um, the feelings that she would feel, um, just the looks that she would get and how would she handle that and just the blows to her confidence that people, mean people, would throw her way. And it was just heartbreaking. So they told us that and as the weeks went by, you know, her head was not growing. It didn't grow for a good six weeks. So her head size was six weeks behind the rest of her body and that is really dramatic. And so it was just, you know, what's, what's, what does this mean for Gabby? What is this going to do for, to her? All the fears came rush, rushing in as to what kind of life would she be capable of. You know, they started telling us as they noticed the brain damage was getting worse or more evident just because she was growing. Um, it, it was things like, well, she's most likely going to be blind. There's a good chance she's not going to be able to hear. Most likely not going to be able to walk. Um, she definitely will not be able to be able to nurse, which was something I dreamed of doing because I was able to and blessed to do that with my children for over my other two children for over a year. And so I just valued that for my children and wanted that so badly for her. So that really hurt. Um, they told us things like she would be a vegetable and she would have a poor quality of life. She would basically, you know, just have a terrible life. And there was at one point, because we were 21 weeks when it all happened, um, we were clearly past the 21 week mark at this point. And in North Carolina, you are not allowed to have a, an abortion past that point. But we were kind of told that in other states, there were options for us. And I really don't think that our doctor wanted to even present that information to us because she knew our faith. But it came out, and it was basically these two options. You can sacrifice your daughter on the altar of convenience. Sacrifice her to the altar of convenience so that you'll be granted a life of ease. Or, <laughs> or you can lay her at the Savior's feet. And know that you serve a God who heals. And see what he wants to do with her. And so we had a choice given to us of whether or not we wanted to find out more information to go have an abortion or to let her live. And obviously we are pro-life, you guys. Oh, we believe in everything that God creates and that he does it for a purpose. And we never wanted 
we never wanted to even consider that option, but it was presented. It was a temptation that we crushed because we serve the ultimate creator. And we know that's not his plan for his babies, no matter what the circumstance. But it was an option. The sacrifice to a God of convenience or sacrifice our ease and lay our daughter who could be a vegetable at the feet of Jesus and trust him. And so that's what we did. And every time we went to the doctor, it was like driving, knowing you were going to get in a car accident, knowing that you were going to receive bad news. And yet God gave us the capability to go into that office knowing that he was with us and knowing that he had a plan and a purpose for this child who lived. And, oh my goodness, he would send encouragement. Would he send encouragement? We would pray for encouragement. And, and um, let me tell you a quick story of, there was, it was a Sunday or Saturday night and um, my husband and I would be volunteering the next day at our church. And I just prayed that God would give me some encouragement because I had been dealing with carrying my deceased daughter, Isabella, which actually was such a blessing because most mothers who lose their baby have to say goodbye instantly. And Isabella stayed in my womb. And I actually loved getting that gift of holding on to her. And God actually put on our hearts to pray for resurrection for her and just to believe in his power. And so I got to keep her and pray that over her. But it also posed a lot of trauma almost because people, when they found out that I had a child who was deceased in my womb, struggled with it. It felt weird to them and very foreign because it is. Knowing that I was carrying someone who was dead was just, it just made other people feel awkward. And then it made me feel it just, oh, it just was painful to see their reaction and painful to rehash what had happened. Um, and sometimes I wouldn't rehash it, just the memory of it would come about and would cause a lot of pain and almost created an anxiety where I would not want to go out into public situations because I didn't want to ha- have to explain something or I didn't want, not that I had to explain anything, but there might be an opportunity <laughs> someone to ask me about my pregnancy you know a stranger not knowing what had happened and I'd have to relive it and so with that I had to ask God for a lot of encouragement I had to ask for a lot of safety and to ask him to renew my mindset of it and just to give me an opportunity to share what he was doing instead of worrying instead of worrying I asked him to replace that with confidence and boldness and I asked him to just squash that fear that was trying to creep in that attack of the enemy because I was experiencing experiencing something that was very unique and it was it ended up turning into no anxiety over it after you know about a month or two of experiencing this the anxiety piece of that went away and he just healed me of that and I was confident in sharing that aspect of our story and when someone had an adverse reaction to what I was telling them I was able to smile and tell them but you know what I'm actually really blessed to be able to still have her in my womb right now and spend a little bit more time with her instead of having to say goodbye so soon um, so it ended up being a really huge blessing for me 
But with that being said, I often asked the Lord for encouragement, and He always, always delivered. Okay, so sorry, I got off on a tangent, but let me get back to that story. So it was a Saturday night when I had prayed for encouragement, and I really needed it. I just remember on my knees crying out to God, like, I know you're here with me. I know you're here with me. I've felt you, but there, this is hard. Today is hard. Today has been hard. <laughs> Would you please just send encouragement tomorrow? Because on Monday we have another appointment. I just need encouragement. And so when we got to church that day, we were volunteering and we were welcoming new guests. And and lo and behold, these complete strangers come up to me and deliver an extremely powerful word of knowledge about me carrying twins. And... The interesting part, when these two people walked up, one guy was really interacting and one had his head down, and I was unfamiliar with words of knowledge at that point, so I didn't really know what he was doing. I almost felt like he was being rude, but he wasn't. What he was doing was processing what the Lord was telling him, and as soon as he got it, he looked up at me and said, your children will be dancers. And at that point, you know, Isabella had been passed away for a while, Gabby had been um, deemed special needs already, and he was proclaiming these beautiful things over the two children in my womb. And I instantly just became overwhelmed, and I said, how did you know that? And I knew. Even though I didn't know what a word of knowledge was, I looked at him and I said, God told you that. And he says, yes. And I tried to interrupt him to let him know that um, actually one of my girls in had passed away. Um, but he said, no, 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 don't say anything. I just want to finish this thought. And so he continued to tell me that my children would be very artistic and that they would do, um, and he had this image of just beautiful colors, like splashed out. Um, and an artist came to his mind and I cannot remember what it was, who it was at this point, but, it was just so beautiful what he was saying. And then he said, and your children will do things. And he was referring to the children in my belly because he continued to look at my belly. I had two other children in um, the children ministry at the time, but he had no clue about them. And he was very obviously talking about the twins. And he said they would do incredible things. And then he looked at this light that was over our heads, my head, and said, like that light. No one before electricity would ever think that that was possible. And he was referring to the light coming out of the light bulb and just how no one could fathom something like that before it happened and that my children would be a part of something like that or do something like that or something would happen with them that was unfathomable. I think I mispronounced that word, but you guys got me. And I was just crying and overwhelmed by the Lord. And I could feel his presence. Um, His friend who was with him was actually laughing in the spirit and was speaking in tongues. His friend looked at me and he said, I saw a dove fly off your shoulder when I walked in. and And the Lord wants you to know that you do not need to change. Do not let this experience change you. And then I told him the experience and they were just flabbergasted by the fact that Isabella was not alive currently because he was seeing two twins fully alive and well. And they were just, you know, like couldn't believe it. And so I took that as a prophetic word for my girls. And um, then it came, I came to find out that 
the man who was speaking in tongues and laughing in the spirit, that his name was actually Isaac, and they called him Izzy, which is what we had been calling Isabella is Izzy, and that's what her little nickname is for us. And that was just so beautiful to me that God would send such beautiful, strong, impactful encouragement. And one thing about words of knowledge from the Lord is it's a way for him to send his love to somebody and show that he hears and cares. And even if you forget the word, you will never forget the feeling that is caused within you, the beautiful, just tangible experience of feeling the Lord and feeling known because we all want to be known and loved and God fully knows you and fully loves you. And so that was an extremely awesome way to answer my prayer. And I was just so grateful to the Lord for that amazing, impactful encouragement because they ended up praying for healing over Gabby's body and praying for healing in different body parts that the doctors hadn't even mentioned to us and just proclaiming life over the girls. And so it gave me a renewed hope to remember that, yeah, something in the natural, it says this, and they, they're saying that she isn't going to nurse. They're saying that she isn't going to be much more than a vegetable or that there's a really high chance of that and that her cerebral palsy is going to be really bad. But God is God. He is the healer. He can do all things. He can do more than we can imagine. And it renewed my strength. And I had a renewed hope for my daughter and revived heart and new strength and perseverance to continue on this journey and a new belief in the supernatural and that God could heal her and that God had a different plan than what the world was telling me. And so after that, um, they ended up telling us that they lived close by and they let us know where they lived and wanted us to meet up with them. (laughs) And so it was kind of just very unique how the Lord really placed them in close proximity to us So after that, um, you know, our pregnancy continued for a few more months, and I actually thought about this family a lot in the meantime and just felt the tug of the Holy Spirit to go see them because they offered, you know, for us to come see them and pray for us, and they um, let us know that they had a ministry in the past with labor and delivery and that they really enjoyed praying for pregnant women. So I just felt like the Lord meant for us to meet clearly and we needed to see them again but I was I was letting the natural fear (laughs) take over and I didn't go see them and I knew the Lord was calling me to see them and so it wasn't until the end of our pregnancy where we had continued to receive the bad news we had continued to receive just um, blow after blow after blow about Gabby that I decided that we needed to see them And so I gave, um, I actually went out and got a gift card because I didn't want to show up empty handed. I needed an excuse to go, which really I didn't. If the Lord calls you to do something, just do it. And the Holy Spirit had been calling me to do that. And so anyways, I went and got a gift card. I got a card. I wrote a note in there. And of course, I was so scared that they would have forgotten me because at this point, it's October. The due date was coming up. And I you know, hadn't seen them. And I just get to their door and I knock on it, very fearful of what's going to happen. Would they remember me? Would they not? And when the door opened, I said, hey, I don't know if you remember me, but you prayed with me at church. And the man who opened the door said, no, 
no, I don't remember you at all. And so, of course, I like cringed in my skin and wanted to run back to my van and just drive away because I was so humiliated and exactly what I thought was going to happen happened. And then he chuckled and said, I do look like him, but I'm actually his identical twin brother. Like how unbelievable, yet an identical twin brother. Um, I was like, Lord, you are so funny. Thank you for making me feel like a fool. (laughs) And so anyways, they were not home at the time. And so I had my number in the card and we actually connected a few days later. And they asked if we wanted to come over to their house the following week for um, just a prayer night and hanging out and just fellowship with some of their friends. And so, of course, I really at that point had started to learn more about the Holy Spirit and how Holy Spirit talked to you and how I felt him and how I needed to react to it. And I felt another strong tug on my heart to go. And so we made plans and we went. And it was that night that we were just prayed over and loved on and we received a lot of prophetic words about our family and about Gabriella. And there was a lot of praise to the Lord and Holy Spirit was there. God's presence was there in the most powerful way. And meanwhile, we had been praying all this time that Isabella would come back and that God was going to just completely reform her body and stun the world through this miraculous miracle My sister Callie had a word of knowledge about the twins that this pregnancy would stun the world is what she heard. And so I really thought that God was going to do that. And so I prayed for it and prayed for it and prayed for it. And I had a cousin who had had a dream that Gabby was on a stage and people were falling to their knees, worshiping the Lord because of what he did for her. And then I had a couple other people send me notes via Instagram or Facebook just with dreams of Gabby, of her complete healing. And at a very young age that she was playing and just well. And so we had been very encouraged through the remainder of the pregnancy. And so God had just renewed this new thought of him as a healer and capable. And he completely grew my faith to just trust him. And so I believe you need to pray and ask and come boldly before him and ask him and just pray and pray and pray until he tells you to stop praying in a specific way. And so at that point, I had not heard to stop praying for healing and I had not heard to stop praying for resurrection. But by the end of the night, Something happened where we were going to pray for her resurrection and um, the people we were with just they prayed and asked God what he wanted us to pray. And that was not the prayer that God was calling us to pray. And I I didn't get upset. I just for the first time felt God's presence wash over that and felt like that wasn't the time and that she was happy. She was with her Savior and that she was well and whole and healed. I no longer felt the need to pray that. Um, And I just thanked God that I got to know her for 21 weeks, and that I felt her move, and that I had this new vision of her worshiping Jesus in heaven through dance. 
and just a beautiful image of her just wearing this white gown and doing this contemporary ballet type dance for him. And he was so pleased. And that is how I picture her still today. And it is just so beautiful and just fills me with so much joy. And I am crying, but it's just knowing that I have a daughter in heaven. When some people, you know, we have, I have three other children, but until they choose the Lord as their personal savior, until they proclaim Christ as the savior of the world, they're not going to heaven. But Isabella is already there. She is already a reward for our family. And she is worshiping the Lord in full joy. Her joy is complete. And it's just so awesome, you guys, to know that. And it just blesses me so much. But okay, back to the story. And so they just continued to um, pray for healing for Gabby. And we ended up leaving their house that night, just overwhelmed with joy and just so much peace again. You guys, the theme here is peace and joy um, that God created for us during this pregnancy, despite all the pain and the hardships. So I actually went to bed that very night full of peace. I had actually written life on my belly just to speak that, you know, just being to remain positive, to just trust the Lord that he was in this and that he was proclaiming life over this situation. And the very next day, you guys, I actually went into labor. I was 38 weeks and five days and spontaneously went to labor. So we had just been prayed over the night before, filled with peace and comfort and just joy. And I went into labor the very next day. And so we went to the hospital and I labored naturally. And so I am very aware of the stages that my body is in. And Everything was going smooth. Matt was there. My mom was there. We had worship music on. Everything was very peaceful. Again, peace, y'all. And it was a really good experience so far. And I could tell that um, I was getting close to pushing when the NICU director decides to come in. And this was a total attack of the enemy. And I'm not saying he was the enemy or... <laughs> filled with spirits or anything but the way this was timed out was a total strategy of the enemy you guys he sent someone in right before my body well basically I was in hard labor and right before I was going to push to remind us what kind of pregnancy and we had and the type of delivery that could happen and what could happen to Gabriella upon her arrival and so at that point, as he started to talk, um, I'm listening at first, then I feel fear trying to creep in. And I stopped that by just starting to pray. Instead of fearing, I just started praying. And the words that started coming out of my mouth were, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. And I'm on my labor ball and he's probably three feet in front of me. And y'all, the Lord put this hazy thing up this like a veil almost is the best way to describe it to where I could see his outline but I could not see him and everything that he was saying was completely covered up by the reassuring words of that's not going to happen that's not going to happen that's not going to happen it was almost like the Lord was putting those words in my mouth to remind me that that was not his plan and this man later I've come to learn through Matt that he was saying things like Gabby could come out alive and then stop breathing. 
Gabby could um, come out dead. Gabby could live a few minutes and then stop breathing. Gabby could, and just all of these things, like, you know, just be remember that we're going to have to take her to the NICU and we don't know what state she's going to be in. Just very unnecessary words in the moment. And what he was trying to get to was, if she comes out and stops breathing or she comes out dead, what do you want us to do? And Matt just said, do whatever you have to do to keep her alive. And he just wheeled, you know, he, I think he was in a chair and he just wheeled his little chair back and got out of the way. The NICU team sat in the corner and decided just, to, they were just present and waiting. But I knew in my heart that was not going to happen. We had been praying for the labor and delivery room to be filled with God's glory and his presence and his peace and his love and that everyone in there would feel it. And so I knew I needed to push just a little bit after that had happened. And of course, this always happens when you're ready to push the doctor's MIA. And so turns out our doctor was actually in an emergency C-section and they had to bring a resident in to handle this situation. So this resident was briefed on the situation that I had been carrying one twin that from 21 weeks that she had been deceased and that she was probably absorbed into the placenta at that point. And she was not, we weren't going to be able to hold her. We were told we weren't going to be able to recognize her in any way and just be prepared for that. We weren't going to have a little body to hold. We had been given that information, side note, for a while during the pregnancy that she was just going to turn to this little mush of flesh and we weren't going to recognize recognize anything. And so that was another factor, you guys, that was just like, come on, you know, we just want to see our little baby. But of course, we had been diligently praying over that and we were just believing that this is what our heart's desire is. Lord, let us be, be able to hold her and see Isabella. So the doctor was briefed on that and then briefed on Gabby's situation of everything I just told you that the NICU director said. And so I should have probably been concerned because this was potentially a risky labor and delivery in terms of what the doctor, the NICU doctor had said. Um, But I was not, I was not concerned at all. And she ended up being a professional beyond professionals. She handled it with such grace and beauty and experience. Um, it was just amazing, y'all. She was amazing. If she ever listens to this, you you rock. So it's time to push. And a few pushes later, Gabby comes out. And you guys, she comes out screaming. And that is the sound that you want to hear when your baby enters the world. That first breath that they take. And when they let it out is a scream. And they are alive. Gabby was fully alive. And her, she was beautiful. Her APGAR scores were great, meaning she had beautiful color and, you know, all the things. You guys, I'm not getting into that. But she looked amazing. And um, it, they ended up laying her on my chest. She had a full head of beautiful dark black hair. Um, and you, she looked a little bit different. She was still microcephalic, although we had been praying that the Lord would miraculous, miraculously heal her of that. Um, you could tell that she... It looked a little bit different, um, but she was beautiful, just so beautiful. And my sister Callie had been praying that the Lord would just make her the most beautiful child and that her beauty would shine bright. And we had been sh- praying the same thing over her, that despite her microcephaly, um, if he wanted her to have that, if he didn't heal her of that, that he would make her beautiful on top of all the healings that we were just presenting before the Lord, you know? Um, So I think it's okay to pray for those things. And we did. And she came out, y'all. She was adorable. And I will post a picture of her on Instagram as a newborn and what she looks like currently. I think y'all have seen her before. 
but um, y'all just gorgeous. And then a few minutes later, we gave birth to the placenta and Isabella's body was in there. And this doctor got her body out of the placenta and we held Isabella. We could see her little feet and her little hands. And though she looked different and not like a typical baby, they presented her as a newborn, you know, and they had two bassinets and she stayed with us. They cleaned her up. They weighed her and measured her, did all the things as if she was alive. She was a person. She is a person. They treated her like a person. They treated her with life. It was such a touching moment to me and to our family that we got to hold both of our our girls at the same time. And another miraculous thing that happened that day um, was that just after she was born and they gave Gabby to me, they put her on my chest. She nursed immediately, immediately. When they had said she would not nurse this, I'm telling you, this girl latched quicker than my other two typically developing children. And she is still nursing and she is two and a half almost. We have had an, had an extremely successful nursing experience. She would not take a bottle, you guys, and she would not take a passy. She could not figure out how to suck, um, suckle those. But the Lord answered our prayer to let this girl nurse. And it is a true answered prayer. And on top of that, Gabby did not spend one minute in the NICU. After Gabby was screaming, they checked her vitals and they stayed in there for a little bit. They ended up giving high fives and leaving. And Gabby stayed with us for two nights in a normal hospital room. Um, They did a hearing test she could hear. You could tell that she could see as far as like a newborn can see. Um, And we later had all that tested. Um, And so it was just a truly miraculous labor and delivery. God was there. People felt it. There were miracles that happened in that room. And on on top of it all, it was just, just such a beautiful memory that God has engraved in my mind. And I praise him for it. And today, Gabby does have cerebral palsy, but she's made a lot of leaps and bounds in her development. She is so beautiful. She is so incredibly smart. She is technically nonverbal at this point, but the Lord is going to give her a voice. And when it comes out, she's not going to stop proclaiming his name. Um, We had a lot of hard times in the beginning with Gabby um, just getting used to life. She cried for months. You guys cried, cried, cried. And we prayed for her to smile and it took forever, but she started smiling and now she's known as Happy Gabby because she hasn't stopped. It's, oh my goodness, you guys, I could go on and on about the miracles that God has performed. I still believe that God is going to do a miraculous healing in her, a total full healing. And so if you guys ever want to pray for that and lift that up and praise God for what he's done and just pray for her healing, please join us in that because we are going to see it. And I will pray it until he tells me to stop. And I do believe it's coming sooner than later. Praise God. Hallelujah. But we have seen so much beauty in this little girl. And we have learned so much about the Lord and his love. We have learned that he is always with us and that we should not fear. And he holds us in his righteous right hand. And he never lets us go. That's what Isaiah 41.10 says. You know, he upholds us with his righteous right hand and we shall not fear. The Lord showed us who Holy Spirit was. The Lord showed us the miraculous. Um, He encouraged us with prophetic words and words of knowledge over us when we needed the extra bit of encouragement. We serve a God of love. And one of the questions that I get asked is, well, why, why do you think this happened? And honestly, that's 
an extremely hard question to answer. Um, I believe bad things do happen to good people for good reason. And the good reason for us was to change our heart posture, to teach us that life wasn't about ease, that God had bigger, grander plans, and that we could feel him in the dark moments if we just lifted our eyes to him and we kept our eyes locked with his and focused on him instead of focused on the fear and that he would never leave us. And I truly believe we're going to continue to see some incredible miracles. And I, God is not done with this story. And I'm just so forever grateful for having to walk through this fire with my family and my children and my husband. And I'm so grateful for the rock that my husband is and that he stands on the Lord and that the Lord is his foundation. Oh, my goodness. I'm just so honored to be married to him. Um, and I'm just thankful that we walked through this together. Oh my goodness, you guys. Thank you so much for listening to this story. And I left out some good pieces, but I didn't want to keep talking. And I'm sure I will share as this podcast continues some of the stories that I left out and just more of how God lavishly and just generously poured out his love unto our family through all of this, you guys. You cannot even understand until you walk through through a trial how much God truly, truly loves you and the plans that he has for you. I just love him so much. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just going to pray for all of you listening. Father God, just thank you for being with us in the hard times. Thank you for the promises that are in your word that you love us, that you care for us, that you hear for us, that you've empowered us by your spirit, that you declare life over us, that you show favor to us, that you are behind us, in front of us, beside us. You are all encompassing and all knowing and all good. And that, yes, sometimes bad things happen because we live in a fallen, tragic world that's full of sin. But you redeem it all. You redeem it all for those who love you. When we keep our eyes locked with your eyes, we see the beauty in all things, God, um, because our face is pointed towards yours. And we can lift our head in confidence, knowing that we are secure. Jesus, we praise your holy name. Just thank you, Jesus, for all you do. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for us and raising from the dead and then sending your Holy Spirit. Father God, thank you for being in control of it all. Oh my goodness, Lord, just bless these listeners and send them encouragement the way you sent me encouragement, Lord, and just um, empower all of us to receive words of knowledge, Lord, so that we can um, spread your love. Lord, I felt you so strongly when you sent your love in that way, and I desire so deeply to be able to, be able to do that more often for people, and I pray that our listeners are given that gift from you to just love on other people through um, just who you are, which is you know us completely and fully. And so I just thank you. Father God, just thank you for the miracles that are to come. Thank you for your just love and just thank you for hope and peace and joy. We just love you. And it's in Jesus' holy name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening, you guys. And we will catch you next week with Alicia on Alternative. Hey, Alternative Nation. If you like what you're hearing and want to see our content reach more people across the world, please give us five stars and leave a comment. You can also support by sharing the podcast with your family and friends and find us on social media at Alternative 2020. And pray for us. If you'd like to bring our campfire conversations to your church, event, community, or anywhere else, 
send us an email at alternative2020 at gmail.com. And we want to hear from you. Yes, and share the good news of what Christ is doing in your life and others and how he's impacting the world around you. Thanks for joining us today on Alternative.